Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have with us Kelly Little. She's based in the US and is currently working as an HR manager for Triad Solutions. Hi Kelly, thank you for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Likewise. So to to just give some brief background to our listeners about you, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure. So I've been uh, a doer of HR things for a little over 18 years. I actually started as a college recruiter for a Fortune 500 company and I developed um a internship program called Bound for Greatness and uh that was I recruited in 11 states across the southeast. Um we had a district manager training program so I was hiring for district managers and we brought them in. and really gave them some good insight good training and then let them have a division right so that was fun uh for let's see prior to try on i was a firm administrator for a small uh, 401k compliance firm and uh did that for 11 years uh wore lots of hats not just hr but it finance accounting and then for the last 2 years a little over 2 years i've been with tryon solutions we're a small it firm uh consulting on wms warehouse management systems uh where we have a global presence we work with some big companies we work with smaller companies but basically if you have a warehouse we can help you uh get some things logistically sound per se amazing i mean working for 18 years or maybe now more than 18 years is something which is like massive so congratulations on that part and definitely there's more to come so yes yes all the best for that so now since you said that you won different hats throughout your journey so one yes. my next question is going to be something which is related to learning and development considering you also a learning and development professional so what do you think are some of the training methods that can foster a greater impact considering the current environment and what is the scope of improvement when we talk about lnd as 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 a dimension or a vertical for asia sure so i think that um learning and development is crucial in any organization whether you have 10 people whether you have 10000 people uh whether they are globally uh scattered or whether they might just be in one city and one office that you know you come to so that means that learning and development must be flexible and adaptable and that's true in my mind One thing I highly recommend because I have been in very niche industries, the kind of industries that you fall into. They don't you don't know they exist until you show up one day and you got hired somewhere or you work a temp job and and you're brought into that realm. And I think that from that aspect in particular, you have to develop your own pipeline, right? So talent is already scarce. Nobody knows what you do unless they live in this space. So that's a small pond. and that brings me to one of the aspects that i truly love and how i got started that college recruiting piece i went to i couldn't even tell you three four dozen universities in 11 states when i first started and trying to explain to everyone you know how they can go from 
12 years of general education, four years, hopefully something specialized that they love, and then how that marries into real life can be very intimidating. And I think L&D is that bridge, right? So what I've done with college programs that I've built and at Tryon, we have Tryon University, um, is take kind of a familiar environment, right? That classroom, that collaborative, that group project uh, familiarity that recent grads know and bring it into the workplace so that the transition can be a little bit better for them. Not this baptism by fire. Hey, here's a couple of things. Go ahead and shadow this person and good luck, everybody. Uh, that's one way to kind of lose folks because they feel like they might not have the proper support, even though you might support them, but you haven't explained how that works. So having something like Tryon University is very key to an L&D. And I think that that builds literally everything that an HR person might be interested in, which is employee education, employee sense of belonging, employee retention. And it just opens up communication channels because now you are a trusted support system for the rest of their career, whether with you or whether they move on. They usually don't forget that learning experience, if you can really help them make that transition from everything we've known in general education and four years of something specific to, let's call it adulting, right? You're now in the real world. Yeah, very rightly said. And you know how the entire uh, scenario of learning development has changed over the years. Earlier, it was something that was just probably limited to on-the-job training. I mean, it was just limited we were just focusing, organizations were just focusing on their employees, their current employees. But now, since you've also mentioned that, you know, you went to various universities, the, how people and organizations at the same time have become so futuristic that they want to, you know, at the same time work on people that might be joining them in the near future. Yeah. So you need to start it from, you know, the ground zero level. So you know that everybody could be brought up to that level and that amount of productivity could be reached. And at the same time, the person who's joining the organization is also able to make most out of it, which is amazing. Yes, yes. And it's not, it started as, Try On You specifically started as a college recruiting program. But we have, um, you know, the pillars of our success. We have uh, a mascot. So we're the Try On Trailblazers, right? So it's something familiar when you're coming as a recent grad into this kind of environment. Um, group projects, single, you know, self regulated learning, you know, so it's that that's self-guided, right? Where you can go and watch videos and training. And we use a platform that actually can help track your progress. Uh, there are weekly quizzes, but I think it was, it's important to note that we, in the spirit of transparency, which is something that is very uh, much honored here at Trium, we published the syllabus. So other people in the organization can see what we're teaching and approximately what week we're teaching it, and then talk to their managers and go, you know what, I really want to learn more about Page Builder. I think I need a little bit more on the functional side of understanding a warehouse and their operations that will help me understand how to configure it on the back end. And we let them, we let them join. I mean, you could be a veteran of eight plus years and at a more senior level, but as we add new concepts and ideas to what our actual industry is changing to, it's nice to know that we're trying to stay on top of that and that you're invited to learn as well. So what can start as a recent grad program really should be opened up to nearly anyone who is willing to learn something new or an aspect that enables them to do their job better. 
Yeah, very accurately said. And now we're also seeing organizations have started to have, you know, this learning and development budgets in place, which is amazing. Yeah. So yes. how do you think it's going to, how important it is when it comes to employee retention and career development of the employees? I mean, obviously companies are putting in their resources. They also need some outcome out of it. So how do you think that we can retain employees by focusing more on learning and development? Sure. So I think that, you know, any HR process starts with, um, you know, C-suite and leadership buy-in. So you really need to speak the international language of numbers and having, you know, it's not just enough to have a budget and go, oh, we did this and this is how much this person costs and oh, blah, blah, blah. No, it's more like, unfortunately, HR is seen as the, you know, can have a lot of negative statistics. Well, this person left, therefore it cost us this much, right? So your retention is immediately negating that loss. And that's something that obviously L&D can immediately impact. And that's the first instinct. Well, additionally, it's not just, you know, that you've stayed, but how productive have you made them? So for example, we are consultants. We make money when we bill for uh, our services, right? Well, if you're brand new, I can't put you on a project and expect you to be totally productive, although you might be a quick learner. This is, you know, a little baptism by fire might be good, but we can't really expect that of you. Now, what happens if I give you three months and show you, you know, create dev environments where you can break a warehouse as you go ahead and do all the configuration that needs to happen. And now you're actually playing with something that looks like a project that we work on because that's exactly what we do. We can work in a dev environment before we go into prod and make sure everything gets ironed out. Is this inventory picking properly? Is it arriving at the proper doors? Is movement inside of the warehouse happening? And I'll tell you what, everybody's issue probably has to do with a printer at some point. Okay. So is it printing the right labels to be shipped? Everybody's, you know, bane of the IT world is a printer. So I promise that that's covered. When we've looked at in the past bringing on an entry level as solutions engineer, they have taken three to five years before they can become a senior solutions engineer. And the distinct difference between a solutions engineer and a senior is in that career path, the ability to take on tasks and be delegated to and work mostly autonomously, making decisions about what's best on site when we do an implementation and going on without a lot of handholding unless there's something very quirky, very customized or very urgent that has come up. And then you need to call in the Calvary, right? So three to five years is a very long time for somebody to be at a lower billable rate. What we found with Try On You, and I do recommend that anyone in HR use an example of the results that training can get you, we've shortened that timeline to about two years. So now instead of billing at a rate for, you know, a solutions engineer, now we can bill at a higher hourly rate and we have people who are competent and confident enough to operate at that senior engineer level. So there are lots of different ways that a L&D program can impact bottom lines and especially speeding the process. Awesome. So you've been working in this industry for a lot, many years. So as a learning specialist, how should one convince the top management to invest more in the learning and development? Because there's still many organizations who may not be giving that much importance to learning and development. I mean, it's, it's a process, it takes time. So if you have to like stop management, how would you do it? I mean, what do you think are some of the most essential points that must be put in front of them to make them realize that, okay, this is that really needs attention and should be given its due? 
Sure. No, that's a that's a great point because I do think that it might be a hard convince point for a lot of people. We've been spoiled in the past, even with, you know, crashes in 2007, 2008, the threat of the R word, you know, we've got a a recession um, or the market's going to burst or whatever it is. The market is ripe for this, right? We've got a lot of people and in our space, it's warehouses. We have a lot of customers who are like, you know what? We do want to be 24 seven. I can't find anybody to work a third shift. You know what? Give me robots. And they are automating their processes. They are automating a lot of things. We've seen drone in, drones in warehouses. We've seen virtual reality that helps somebody navigate, right? And it lessens the training time to make them a productive uh, warehouse worker. Um, you know, we've seen automation uh, in forklifts, totally driverless forklifts actually going through warehouses. And those need to be programmed. So that for our industry... It seems in any tech industry, it seems that the market is a bit ripe for that automation. Well, what does that automation solve and how does it go back to learning and development? The people problem. Do you have talent readily available? Cool. You're going to interview somebody and the next day, the next week, let's give them a week at least, right? They're going to be 100% positively productive and billable like in our industry. No. Good luck. Okay. Once in a while, you might find that miracle or you might find that referred, you know, by that referral by your employee. Otherwise, guess what? You need to understand that taking a base of drive, uh, someone who fits your culture, very important, and uh, someone who is humbling themselves to the learning process because they might have certain skills that are transferable. They know nothing about the particular software you're doing. Um, when that happens, I think that uh, L&D can be easily explained because you have a labor problem. If you would like this to stop happening, if you'd like for turnover to be less, if you'd like for things to stop hitting your bottom line and being so expensive, people are our most expensive resource and rightly so. You need to invest in them so that there's a reason to stay, not only just to bring them in and make them productive and more quickly. Uh, at that level, but they're ongoing, right? Are there certifications that they can get? Is there a path for them? Do you put them in a silo and say, that's the only path, my way or the highway? Or do you open up opportunities because you see different strengths? It's a little bit easier for a smaller employer to be adaptable and flexible to their current employees and future employees' needs and strengths. Um, A little bit harder in a corporation. But if you can like make that horizontal movement available to people so then they can make that vertical leap that's great i think that you should do that one should also value the what i do lovingly call worker bees they like where they are they want to do the work they know they're productive it might be somebody who just likes to be a part of the team maybe they they would be interested in being a trainer but that's really it they like where they are that could be someone young that could be someone close to retirement it just depends on the human. And remember, it's all about the human. When you focus on that and less about, you know, oh, how do we get them to stay? And how do we get to, you know, this bottom line better? And, you know, we're in the red and we need to be in the black. And that's the, your answer is every time humans. So maybe invest in them. Um, and that's the general concept. And I would start there. Definitely everybody in America has a labor problem right now. That's the opportunity. Those were some amazing pointers, I must say. And you, you know, you put it really well out there. So, 
I mean, what do you anticipate for the time to come? I mean, how do you see the future of work unfolding if you really anticipate bring the macro environment? What's all happening? Sure. Well, there's no magic that I can tell you, but if you are on LinkedIn, um, I will point to everyone is talking about a open, genuine culture. And if you are still creating or allowing toxicity in the workplace, you are not open to ideas. You are not open to, you know what? Our college recruits, they have ideas and they matter because they haven't been doing it eight, 10, 12, 20 plus years. That's a fresh take on a fresh set of eyes, right? They have value that they can add. They're also moldable. I mean, you wanted things done a certain way. You find that the talent out there is mediocre at best when you get them from your competitor. You got to do your own thing. The future of work is going to be about humans. And unfortunately, COVID put a real wrench in that works because we got away from that human contact quite literally. Um, when you are forced to work at home or forced out of your job because it's not, you know, something that they can sustain. And we have just crashed as a society in the fact that that social essence is no longer respectful of humans. It's very easy for us to get on Zoom and then go, I'm surrounded by idiots. Uh, Whereas if you are interested in having a relationship and having an open place where you can be your genuine self and feel like you belong there. Now I'm looking you in the eye and I go, you have a family. You are somebody's son. You are, you are potentially somebody's father. You, or you will be one day. You are somebody's loved one and you have trials and tribulations just like I do. Let's work this through. Work doesn't have to be hard. It can be supported. When that tide turns, you better be on the right side of it. And we see a lot of companies who are like not interested in even a hybrid workplace or a remote workplace, even though we've just been shown it can happen. If they're hanging onto that string, they're going to be at a detriment here very soon. Uh, so everything is changing. Uh, the adaptability, I will keep preaching that you've got to be able and willing to take that leap for your people. So I think that the future is going to be investing in who you've already got. Um, I think exit interviews might be silly. It's too late. You know, touch points, making sure that you're connected, uh, reaching out, having a regular program where you can do that, uh, and, and learning to embrace that remote and hybrid style is really going to be, um, well, I mean, not even the future. We're here. You're late if you, if you're just arriving, right? Um, so if you're not learning how to do L&D remotely, then you are already behind the times. But this is where we're at. And I think that people are going to realize you are not going to find that perfect widget fit, right? There's no going to be a round peg and a round hole. You're going to have all different kinds of shapes. And it's what might be those transferable skills, but the willingness of the spirit of the person that you're hoping to hire. Does it suit your culture? Does it suit your the track that you have for them? If not, guess what? That's okay. Don't force it. There's something for everybody. And I think if we just stopped trying to recruit and hone in just for us and tried to just help one another with networking possibilities, we would all find good positions 
where we can learn something, make an impact. And I'm not saying you have to stay like it was 20, 30 years of a career in one spot. I'm saying that you've made an impact and it was fulfilling for you. And that's something that is being sought after by a lot of people. Well, very accurately said, I mean, adaptability and agility are definitely going to be the future of work, as you said. I mean, yes. employees are becoming more and more aware of their rights and they want everything. I mean, they are aware that oh, this particular thing works for me, so I would want to do it in this particular manner. They are no longer, you know, just following the herd and doing what is being said. They know if they can deliver in a better way, they they would come up, they would stand up and speak for it, not where whatever is there, which is, which is good at the same time because it's Organizations are also getting what they need. It's the end result. At the same time, employees are doing it willingly. So it's a sort of amalgamation or a sort of marriage of both you know, the objectives of the organization and the employees, which is amazing. So thank you, Kelly, for highlighting all these points. It was truly, truly such an honor to have you here for this podcast. And I'm sure our listeners would also agree and would learn a lot from this conversation. So thank you for yeah. joining us. Thank you. It's been such a fun time. I hope that this helps somebody and, um, you know, I appreciate the connection. Likewise. All right.